you're listening to In The Know, a collection of career development insights and leadership experiences from INSEAD, the business school for the world. In the intense and fast-paced context of INSEAD degree programs, being able to manage one's stress is essential. This is not only true for students, but concerns anybody confronted with stress and anxiety generated in the workplace or in one's personal life. INSEAD Psychological Services, a global team of psychologists and mindfulness instructors for both the Asia and Europe campuses, provide valuable support to the INSEAD community. In addition to private consultations with clinical psychologists, Students, staff, partners and faculty are encouraged to join the weekly mindfulness sessions offered on each campus. It is often said that practicing mindfulness is not only a powerful tool for stress management, but also beneficial to one's overall mental well-being. So, how does it work? And how can we implement the practice of mindfulness into our lives and reap the benefits for our well-being? In this episode, we will find the answers to these questions and more with our special guest, Joa Setborn. You are listening to a podcast from INSEAD, the business school for the world. So, hello, Joa, and thank you for joining us here today. Hello, uh, my pleasure. So perhaps we could start with um, you sharing a little bit more about yourself and your role in psychological services at INSEAD. Yes, well, so as you said, my name is Joa Sedbon. I'm French and American, and uh, I've joined the psychological services of INSEAD in 2021. And I've started practicing meditation when I was uh, 17, about 30 years ago. And, uh, and since then, I've, uh, I've never stopped. So, so what is mindfulness and, and why is it important to practice in our daily lives? Well, mindfulness is a quality, is a quality that has to do with our ability to connect with the present moment, an ability to focus and to be centered to whatever is happening with our body, with our feelings, with our thoughts. I would also add that it's more than that. It has to do also with remembering, be mindful of a number of intentions of what do we want for our lives, to remember that, to bring that to mind. And for that, we need practices that actually help us to cultivate that quality of mindfulness. But that quality of mindfulness, in a way, works hand in hand with other type of qualities that we try to cultivate. For example, concentration, our ability to focus, but maybe also cultivating calm, cultivating benevolence, cultivating a sense of gentleness also. So mindfulness is a kind of a very central quality, but it works hand in hand with other type of, of, of qualities that we're trying to cultivate in these practices. So 
remembering that mindfulness has to do with a quality that helps us to get back to the present moment and at the same time that also is grounded in an ethical framework in the in recent years um there are lots of studies about mindfulness to show the benefits of mindfulness so among the benefits um, is reducing stress and actually and actually programs were designed to use mindfulness to reduce stress this is actually how the whole movement of mindfulness arrived with programs such as mbsr mindfulness-based stress reduction programs and mindfulness stressed cognitive therapy programs and so we see that it's it's focused on a particular objective which is fine which is great it has that effect the way i view it is that there are side effects there are side effects you can actually yes sure use mindfulness practices in order to reduce stress and eventually it might reduce stress however it's much broader than this in order to experience really what is going on for us we we absolutely need to drop objectives so this is kind of the paradox we start meditation maybe by thinking that's going to reduce the stress but then what we might encounter is that what comes up for us is a feeling of grief or a feeling of anxiety or a totally unrelated question that we kept keep having or a memory that keeps hunting us at the end of a, a period of meditation you might not necessarily right away feel that that has drastically decreased your level of anxiety or stress but what you have experienced is a better connection to what is going on with you. So speaking of practices, what is the difference between mindfulness and meditation? And what are some of the common misconceptions that you've heard of surrounding mindfulness? Well, meditation implies mindfulness, but mindfulness is not limited to meditation. Meditation understood as a practice that allows us to be one with the present moment implies the quality of mindfulness that is being cultivated in that practice one misconception i feel one what i hear very often about meditation is that oh i'm going to sit down and try to make my mind void of any thoughts and and then if that is not happening for us in this experience of meditation we feel oh i'm failing it's not working actually i keep having thoughts well the functioning of the mind is to produce thoughts so we're never going to get rid of the thoughts however what we can do is recognize that the thoughts arises and instead of doing what we do usually, which is following on our thoughts, going on with our storytelling, having our little internal arguments, 
can we just look at that, welcome the thoughts and let them go? Or instead of letting them go, what we could say, coming back to the present moment so that it allows us to see what's going to come up next. A little bit like you're, when you are at the movie theater, you're watching at a movie and you're basically surrendering to the vision of the director. One image following the next. You're not holding on to the previous image thinking, I want to stay there. So same way with the way you look at your thoughts. And so we're moving away from reacting and we are responding to a situation instead of falling into our habitual patterns we respond accordingly to the situation because we were able to just have a little bit more spaciousness in order for us to to see the ingredients at hand one important dimension in the mindfulness for me is is that it has a relational implication often meditation is seen as a, a very individualistic act um, I'm practicing, it's going to do good for myself, it's going to reduce stress, it's going to increase my ability to focus, etc, etc. At the same time, there are relational implications to that practice. And it's, it's good to remember this, to remember that mindfulness has to do with, it, it's a relational practice also, it has relational implications precisely because when we practice mindful speech, mindful speaking, mindful hearing, that really is a relational act. So what are some of the common themes you hear from students or partners, especially surrounding um, the topic of mindfulness and stress? Well, a lot of, um, a lot of students come with a real interest it's it's true that over the years um, the, the theme of mindfulness have spread enormously and um, so there is a real interest i often ask the question are you convinced already that it's actually it has actually beneficial effects on people uh, because there are a lot of studies and all of them all of them say yes even if they haven't experienced it for themselves they are convinced that mindfulness or what they understand, even if it's vague, um, is actually is going to be a relevant um, practice. So some come because they feel they want to calm down. Some feel that that could be an answer, a, a practice that could be introduced in their lives um, to deal with uh, anxiety, to deal with stress. To, to have a practice that allows them to come back, to just have a moment of break, and student and staff members also, because this class is open to staff members. Um, they, they are in a very vibrant environment, but also that they feel that a, a moment of quietness could be actually beneficial for them. Just that, could be just that not necessarily dealing with a particular problem, but feeling that that could be beneficial to have a space where they could actually just sit down and 
and, and have a more quiet mind. That's super interesting. So how can we adopt these practices into our personal or professional lives? So in, in our class, in, this, in the workshops that I'm leading, I'm really trying to do various exercises and to come back to the present moment. So we train the mind to bear witness to whatever arises in our body, in our feelings, in our thoughts, noticing the changes, noticing how things is in a constant flux and all that. So we need to integrate this these mindfulness practices into our lives. Mindful eating, for example. When you eat, take a moment, or take a moment just before you eat. Mindful walking, mindful driving. When we drive a car, you know, we are very used to listen to, listen to the radio and at the same time talking to someone, thinking about what we're gonna do. We do, we multitask, but by, by multitasking, where are we in there? Are we really present to what is actually going on? And so mindfulness can be really introduced to all the activities that we're doing by the simple fact of asking ourselves the question, can I bring my whole being into what I'm doing? And that transforms our experience, our human experience, basically. And I think we can all relate. It's not absolutely nothing exceptional. We can all relate to moments in our lives, remembering moments in our lives when we're just having a walk in the forest. That's it. With no other purpose than just having a walk. Yep. That's really interesting. And a lot of what you just shared sounds very relatable and applicable. So do you have any more practical tips or information to share with students or professionals that they can apply in either their INSEAD experience or in their work lives? Okay, let's, let's take something that we're all familiar with, discussions with people. And when we speak with people, it is not rare, I think we all share this, that someone talks to us and it provokes a reaction within us we have opinions, we have sometimes strong opinions, and even before the person has finished, we jump in and we wanna share our opinions. So can we do the same process of taking a step back, seeing how that land within us, what the person said? Maybe take a second before jumping in. So mindfulness of speech, mindful listening, so that's, that, can be, that can be very easily applied. And also the person will feel heard, taking a moment, noticing. One thing that I find very intriguing is that when you actually sit down with our, an, an intention to actually bear witness to our thoughts, you notice that thoughts keep coming up, even though you're not even trying to think. And the paradox is that we're very identified with our thoughts. I am a person that is like this. I'm a person that thinks like that. So maybe holding on less to our opinions and thoughts can really transform the experience we have with ourselves, but also it's gonna have a clear implication with others. So the way we speak with people, the way we approach our work also, um, I was talking about multitasking. I feel what can help very often is to 
imagine for ourselves being really being creative and find ways to enter our working environment with a mind with an intent with with the intention to be mindful so could be have a, a, little, a little something that you do like i don't know have a, a picture of something that inspires you or a quote something that reminds you that what you're going to do you're really going to do it fully you're really just gonna really just do it so this is exactly what we're not doing when we procrastinate, for example. We get caught up by a whole internal conversation, opinions, judgments, I don't want to do it, preferences, you know, strategies to escape what we're doing. Can we just do it? One, one thing that could help us to deal with procrastination is noticing that we procrastinate. But noticing maybe, noticing the moment when actually procrastination arises. I see for myself that I start to procrastinate. One of the situations where I procrastinate is when I face a difficulty. Something becomes difficult and I turn my attention to something else. Because that particular object is difficult. It resists. Can I notice that? Can I notice, oh yeah, right now. Right now, I'm resisting. Okay, good. Can I stay with that? Can I make the effort to stay with, with this sense of resistance? Mm -hmm. I think we have a huge issue uh, today with our digital devices. It's, this is an area <laughs> where we get caught up in distra with distraction. It really, it, it, uh, it's such an incentive to be distracted. So having the practice, for example, each time I take my phone, why do I take my phone? Do I want to take my phone? Is it what I need to do right now? Just having that, that moment that creates a little gap that gives us spaciousness. So all of this is super inspiring, Joa. So um, I just wanted to share with our listeners that at INSEAD, there are weekly 45-minute mindfulness sessions offered on both campuses, free of charge, and are open to the entire INSEAD community during the lunch break. It's a welcome opportunity to decompress and recharge. Students, partners, faculty, and staff can participate either in person or via Zoom. And um, as we've heard, we encourage you all to, to participate. So, Joa, earlier you were mentioning about technology and how, you know, digital devices can be sort of distracting. So along those lines, nowadays with the advancement of technology, there's, you know, all these apps, mindfulness apps as well. So what would you say are the benefits of actually learning mindfulness practices in person as opposed to using these mindfulness apps? Well, one of the things, it's very funny, one of the things I've noticed, some, some participants join the class and they have, uh, if they have ever practiced meditation. And some say, yeah, I've used, I've used Headspace of, or other apps. 
What I notice very often is the way they sit. Because it's an app, I don't exactly know how they use it, but I notice that they are, the, the way they sit is very uncomfortable for them. So I give them, try to give them tips and share my experience. And one of the things that I feel is very important is because when we do silent meditation and we're, we're sitting on a cushion or on a chair or on a bench, um, the body really needs to be comfortable and that allows us to be still. And that stillness allows us to really bear witness to our experience. So I find it's very useful to have someone who can really, a person, a real person that can actually give you tips about how to sit. Another aspect is that I'm trying to respond to where the participants are at at the moment of the class. You may be in a situation when you're grieving. You may be in a situation where your mind is very scattered. You may have this very specific issue that you're dealing with. Should I take a job in Europe or should I go back to my country in Africa? You can be exhausted simply. And maybe we can adjust the practice based on, on that. And meditation is also a way to deal with that. So we can adjust the practices depending on where we are at. It's like learning an instrument. You may, you may do it yourself on your own, but if you have a teacher, the teacher might offer exercises that really fit your needs. Um, and also, I have to say that being in a group is also a huge help for us to do it. If you're at home by yourself and you're thinking, I'm going to sit for 30 minutes or 15 minutes by myself just like this, it, it might be that after five minutes, you're going to be, oh, I'm hungry. Oh, the phone is ringing. Oh, I'm actually going to take that, that phone call. So it's much more difficult to actually discipline yourself to do it when you're by yourself. So when you come and join a class and you are really surrounded by people and we do it together, um, it really reinforces your motivation. That's my personal experience. And that's also what I've witnessed with the students. Mm. Wow, Joe, thank you. You've given us some such wonderful insights to the practice of mindfulness. I was wondering if you had any takeaway tips for listeners who are thinking of starting their mindfulness journey and, and how to sustain these practices. Well, first tip I would say is drop all your preconceived ideas about what meditation is. And because it's really about the experience. So first, drop your preconceived ideas. Second, show up and do the experience for yourself. And third, being creative in your own life so that you will implement strategies that will help you to actually cultivate a mindful state in everything you're doing in life. And and see if that transforms 
your experience, noticing how it actually transforms your experience, the way you, you go on with your life, and trusting our experience and our ability to actually do what is really beneficial for us. Wow, I'm loving all of these tips. So just to share to our listeners as well, in addition to the mindfulness sessions, the INSEAD Psychological Services team also organizes stress management workshops for students. And these workshops are offered on both campuses, the Fontainebleau and Singapore, before the P1 exams. They are designed to provide students with practical ways to manage stress so that they are better able to learn and focus. Thank you so much, Joa, for all of these wonderful insights to the to just the the vast world of mindfulness. And I'm sure we have inspired some of our listeners who are current students or future students to to make the most of the mindfulness sessions provided on campus. So thank you very much for your time today, Joa. Yep. And also looking forward to joining some of the mindfulness sessions in the future. So yes, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of In The Know. If you want to find out any additional information on the career and leadership topics discussed today, head to inthenow.insead.edu forward slash podcast. If you want to know more about any of INSEAD's master programs, head to insead.edu.